Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. We have a full house up here. I love it. There's a lot of great dads here at Vive Church. And Pastor Adam sent me on an assignment to be able to have a, a panel about masculinity. And we handpicked some great guys that are going to help with this discussion around masculinity. Um, but let's introduce them, first of all. So over here on the side, we have Rob Odom. Yep. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, Tell us so, more about your uh, family. Yep. Um, my Persian worshiping princess, Saray, was just up on this side. Um, we've been married for 12 years. And um, we've got three beautiful kids, uh, Caleb, Judah, and Sarah, and they're just a, a wonderful delight. A proud dad moment. I coached my sons in Little League, and my oldest hit not one, but two home runs. Oh, here we go. He's eight years old, and the ball is gone. Oh, my gosh. I was, yeah, proud dad moment. Um, so... So yeah, we've been coming to Vive for about six years. Um, it's changed our lives. It's been amazing. And um, right with that, um, I have a great dad joke for you guys. Oh, you do have a dad I joke? Do, yes. Ah. Yeah. So um, when is a joke a dad joke? When? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Uh, when it becomes a parent. <laughs> and it's all grown. Oh, grown. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we love Rob, not just for his jokes. Because <laughs> I wouldn't but, be here long. No, no, no. <laughs> but he served in many areas of the church, from the ministry team to Next Steps, uh, midweek leading. So we love Rob Odom here. Jeremy Moranich. Yes. Part of I, for as long as we've been, eight years now. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, tell it's, us more about your family. It's been a heck of a journey. Uh, well, I've got my, my wife there in the second row, Mariah. We have been married for six years, uh, or coming up on six. I always, keep, I always keep messing that up. Coming up on six years. We have two beautiful daughters, Catalina and Elena. Catalina is two and a half, one of the royal kids, and you can see it when she walks around. Yes. And then Elena, who is nine months. And just blessed, and we're gonna plan on continuing to expand the family oh, there you at, go. at some point. Just keep it going. Just keep, yeah. Build the kingdom one way or another. No announcements yet. <laughs> None yet. No. I love it. But you've served in many areas now, like pre-service team. We've done some kingdom builders discussion groups together yes. as well. Love it. Just say yes. Just say, just say yes. yes and show up. That's the way. Do you have a dad joke? I us? do. I do. So I've been wrestling back and forth. I was even looking some ones up, but. Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Because if they flew over the bay, they would be bagels. Knee slapper. Love it. Gary McCann and Ken Shuler, actually. I've known this family, the extended family, for 15 years now. So when I came out here as a student at Stanford for business school, actually helped to introduce me to the whole area and to ministries out here. Um, but now we've known each other more closely yes. for, what's a year and a half now? Year and a half. Year and a half, yes. I've been married to my wife, Karina, for just over 30 years. And um, yeah, thank God. Uh, he's a God of miracles, what can I say? And then uh, we, have, we have four 
We have four children. My oldest daughter, Vanessa, is up working in production. And then my other daughter, Sophia, works at Vive San Jose. I mean, is a volunteer. And then Isabella's here on the digital team somewhere running around. And my son, Nathan, is part of Voxgen and Vive Worship. So, yeah. Yeah, but you know, my, my wife and I are in a new stage with having four adult children. So I've been reading some books. And one book told me I should treat my wife like we're still dating. So after church, I'm going to take her to lunch and drop her off at her parents' house. <laughs> oh, nice one, nice one, Gary. <laughs> so how about you, Ken? So you've been here for a year now? Yes. Talk more about your family. One year, yes. I am married to my beautiful wife, Marilyn. She is Karina's sister, Gary's wife, so that mm-hmm. says that we have similar taste in women. Marilyn's awesome. She's over six feet tall. She's gorgeous. You can't miss her. And my daughters are the joy of my life. Serena, our eldest, is 22. She serves on the ministry team. Uh, Mia, our middle girl, is 21. And she serves at the fashion team. And Emma is 19. And she serves at Box Gen in the fashion team. Awesome, and both you and Gary are with our ministry team as well. So you guys will always have the altar call. We have some great uh, people that are praying with you. So now you know them by name and face as well. LJ. Can I tell a dad joke? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So apparently Ken has a really good dad joke. He's not going to be passed over for this. (laughs) i got to tell it. Okay, okay, okay. How do you teach your kids about taxes? eat 35% of their ice cream. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> LJ. <laughs> Do you have some tax jokes as well? That? Do you have some tax jokes? No, no tax None. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been part of Vi for over eight years now. Yeah. Tell us more about your family. Yeah, so I've been um, married to Katrina for 11 years. Yeah. We have um, two awesome kids up in Royal Kids. Um, we have uh, my son, Leo. He's seven years old. And Aya Lily, she's three years old. Yeah. I was going to tell a joke about paper, but it's terrible. Um, so so I'll, just, I'll just tell the last one I, t- I, I told, which is, um, how does, what does a nosy pepper do? It gets all up in your business. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dad win right there. Austin. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Austin, and I have... Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a beautiful wife back there that's been the rock of our house. Um, we've been married 29 years. I have uh, four kids. I have a daughter that's 29, a son 28, another daughter that's 26. My youngest is Caleb and Vox Jen. Uh, and uh, I know you're going to wonder how that distance happened. Uh, we'll get to that. I have three, three grandkids. I have a five-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year um, granddaughter, and then I have a 32, 33-year-old, I mean, 33-month-old um, not month, days, days uh, yeah. grandson uh, also. Good so morning. it's, uh, I got a Zephaniah, Lofayima, and Dohazi. Those are my grandkids. Oh, oh yeah. and I'm special ops team. I'm on yeah, that team. so special ops, special ops. Oh, Some great leaders here. 
So you have a special special ops joke? I have no jokes. I'm really sorry. But uh, I, I will say, uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Dad jokes. <laughs> Dad jokes who? Dad, wait, what was I going to say? <laughs> See, there it is. <laughs> you like my joke? <laughs> I had no joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but being a dad is not a joke. That was a joke. There we go. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so as you guys can tell, we're going to have some fun up here today. <laughs> so uh, you do not know, Michelle and I have three daughters. Our youngest one, Talia, is now four months old. Araya is four years old. And Eliana is six years old. Uh, we've been part of Vibe now for eight years and married for nine years. So we came here as newlyweds and continue to expand. <laughs> so I do have a dad joke. So what do you call a pig in a karate class? A pork chop. Yep, yep, yep. So yes, we are now going to go to some scripture. I think we need to redeem the whole all time here. <laughs> uh, so we've been doing a series, Psalms for the Summer. So we're going to read from Psalm 57 to help anchor our discussion here today. And I'll ask Jeremy to read the scripture for us. Absolutely. Psalms 57. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I'm surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me, I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp, and I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Amen. So our topic for today is what does masculinity look like in a modern man? And even in the scripture, we have David, you know, the David that killed Goliath. He's actually fleeing from Saul. So before he became king of Israel and Judah, he had this time that he was fleeing from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. But he's here in a cave surrounded by about 400 men that have come around him. They're themselves discontent and have their own troubles, their own, their own struggles. But this is what David is saying in this time. I think he definitely has an example of masculinity. Uh, but maybe a question for us to start off is, in our time now, masculinity has been labeled as toxic. So how do you guys model masculinity in your own lives? Deep question. <laughs> Rob. Yeah, I think, um, uh, the biggest impression that I have just from, uh, you know, uh, just seeking the Lord and, and wanting to know for myself mm -hmm. is I think God has given us, even just from creation, he created us uh, as men with a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. and, I, and I think one of those purposes is, is our strength. 
mm. is for us to be strong as men and, and to exemplify that strength to our families um, and to our kids. And, and ultimately, it's the, the best example is through Christ, right? Yeah. Who, when he was you know, at the point of death and when he was being surrounded by people that wanted to kill him, mm-hmm. he could have in his strength called down angels and in his strength destroyed all of the people that wanted to, to take his life. But ultimately, as a sign of just the power that he had, he gave up his life. And it's like, um, and I just think that's really a sign of kind of like us as men where, you know, we, we go to battle, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, um, in World War II, it was the men who were storming the beaches of Normandy. Mm-hmm. And so um, just as, as a sign of that, but also again to how Christ exemplified that strength where he was meek and humble and, um, and relied upon God. And didn't try to do it in his own strength. So I think that's a, an excellent example of, of, um, of strength. But then lastly, where it can become toxic, and I think a lot of us have seen an example of this, is where as men we use our strength to overpower. And it can come in the form of abuse. And it can come in the form of um, just even overpowering to take. And that's the part where as men where God is redeeming what it means to be masculine is we're not, that's, that's not what it means to be a man is to overpower, to run over people um, and just to have your way, but really, um, but in meekness to hold that back and really control ourselves. So I think that's something. That's good. That's good. (laughs) That's really good, Rob. Um, and I think in general, I think um, we need to really re-clarify um, what this whole term toxic masculinity is. I think the world has put toxic in front of the word masculinity, and it's mm. being put out there as it's the same, but um, it's not. All the toxic things that are kind of shown are not what it is to be masculine. And yeah. us as Christian men, I walk out into the, into the courtyard, and I see all these men walk with confidence all these men that have purpose. And so that makes us look at what God is, what, what, is a mascu- what is masculinity to our father, to God? What does it say as masculinity in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And he leads us to be, um, you know, righteous. He, he, he wants us to be leaders. He wants us to be fathers, right? Yep. So in a sense, when you look at things that are possibly toxic, it makes you kind of... Um, look at this perspective and think, hey, what is, what is toxic about it? Is it that I don't show my feelings because my feelings would make me soft or I just hold all my anger, I bottle it up and I don't talk about it? Is that also toxic in which now it bottles up and explodes out and, to, and now I outlash on somebody? Mm. But the foundation of our brotherhood at Vive we're all accountable for each other. And it's based on building relationships. Yes, and we all come around together in strength. And that's a core thing of masculinity is strength. And don't get it misconceived because we are here to build relationships. And that's with man to man and our love for Jesus. And that trickles down to our families and to our kids. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, jump right in, guys. Yeah, you know... Um, well, the Bible says that young men have visions, old men wear glasses. So we'll, we'll that, but, um, but, you know, this morning, this morning I woke up and, and I was reminded of Joseph. And, um, you know, he had a vision that he was going to rule over his brothers and his brothers sold him and, and he ended up in Egypt. But 
when he was in in slave in uh, he was in prison there, God put him in a trial where he had to interpret dreams and visions for other men mm-hmm. and got to draw out what God was doing in their life. And and so for me to be masculine is to to do that with my kids and my wife to draw out in them excellence and what God has for them. What does God put inside of them? What does God want to teach them? Um, and to draw that out and to foster that and to to partner with them in that, you know, because in, if you don't have have that in your own home and you don't, you don't share that, then the world will do that for you and they will replace what God's put in the heart of your kids and, and your, your, your spouse even um, and, and they'll foster that. Mm. And for me, I, I, I can't let that happen. There's, there's too much... There's too much value in having kids and, and creating world changers to, to not send them out to the fullness of what God has for them. And um, one verse that really means a lot to me in this is, is in Nehemiah chapter 4. Um, you know, the, the whole book of Nehemiah is about him uh, uh, rebuilding the walls and, and giving people somewhere to, to have, have, have meaning again and, and purpose. And Nehemiah 4, 14, it says, Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord, your God, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And for me, that means a daily battle. You know, that God wakes me up at four in the morning or, and I'm just calling out destiny and my, and my wife and my kids, and I'm asking God, what does that mean? How can I come alongside them? Because um, God gave me kids for a reason, and, and I, want, I don't want to fall short of what God's doing with that. So masculinity to me means taking a role in my home, not being perfect because I'm not perfect, but sharing that with my kids and partnering with my wife and saying, here's what we see God doing in your life. Let's see how we can get you there. I, I really like the, the, the front-footed approach there and that, and that proactiveness. Um, when I was thinking on masculinity, I mean, you can see it here. You know, David, you, you've seen him through all seasons of his life. Um, as from a, from a kid to a king and a conqueror to, to, to here in a cave. But I think one of the greatest examples of like what true masculinity is is always kind of going back and seeing the men that God has shaped and just how reliant they were on him and just the word for, for guidance. And so that's, that's an area that we probably do in, in our family is it means that prayer walk, that submission to, to the one true God and being able to coach and, and talk to our family about it and providing that because I think it, it really just gives a, a purpose and a point and even a direction in which you can go. So, so for us, it's you can get caught up around in the worldly views and what people are telling you is masculine, what is not masculine. But I think you can't argue this. You can't argue truth right here. And that's always like the best reference in my mind that has kind of redirected as we started to, to grow a family. Yeah. No, I love that. Going back to the source, truth with that. And maybe to make it more practical, get some practical examples here around empowering others, especially as fathers, where we're here modeling leadership. How do we model and really empower those around us, our wife, our kids, uh, coworkers, employees? How do you do that? Um, Go, Austin. Austin, go ahead. So... um, as y'all know, I, I spent a lot of time in prison, and um, I, I, I just did uh, 20 straight years. And um, when I was in prison, I've only been out five years, so mind you, I'm just giving you a little context, so I'll get to that. Um, so when I was in prison, I used to think masculinity was um, getting out my cell door, and before I get to the yard, and before all the men saw me, I had to put on this 
this uh, tough man look and uh, I'm the baddest guy and had to have this confidence to walk out like I can catch any fade. I'm the toughest, right? Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't true masculinity and uh, that wasn't being a man either. So because, you know, when I would go back in my cell and I'd look at my, my, my kids' pictures and I'd think about my family, I'd cry like a baby, you know. Mm. But And the craziest thing, I didn't cry out to God. I just cried, uh, you know. So um, fast forward, I get out and... Um, you know, it was hard for me to acclimate into society because I, I was uh, trying to, I don't know, I was still in that life where I, I still, you know, I was still wanting to hustle. That was just in me. That's all I've done most of my life, right? And, um, but that brought a lot of chaos in my house. Um, I didn't have peace. We had a lot of problems. Um, my wife and I, we were going through, man, and I wasn't a good man. I was, I was bad. Um, and that was for the first few years. And then I, I found um, vibe. But before I get there, um, there was a time that uh, my son, my oldest son, we were, me and my wife were, we were having an argument, a big argument. It was just ugly. And, you know, my son had pulled me to the side in the room and he talked to me and he said, you know, Dad, when you got out, I thought you would uh, be different. Like, I thought you would show me how to be a husband to my wife, right? So that kind of ate at me. He didn't know this at the time, but uh, uh, it's something that bothered me, but, uh, but I still kept going on and doing what I was doing. Um, but when I found Vibe, I was, uh, I started coming here and um, even my wife, she didn't trust me, so, you know, I'll call her and I'll video her, look, I'm here, you know, uh, this is where I'm at, like, you know what I mean? But, and, 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 and you know, again, and it took time, you know, and, and, but my consistency and my, 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 my faithfulness um, in, in trying to, in trying to show my family that I was changing, right? Right. And um, so for, the, you know, and, and I just started being consistent with that, and the more I found consistency, the more I found a relationship with God. Yeah. And uh, once I, I got that relationship with, with God, um, my house, I found peace. Like, things were getting better. Um, even with my kids, like, you know. Yep. And uh, my son, you know, he, even, even my youngest son, he'd be like, you guys don't argue no more. That, or as much. But, it, you know, it, but, but, it, <laughs> but it started getting, it started getting up. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, I just want to tie this into being, uh, you know, to the father thing. You know, it's Father's Day. And I want to just say that, in order for you to be a good father, you have to be a good husband. Because if you're not a good husband, uh, how does how do you how does your kid mimic that? Like if you if you if you're an abusive father, your, well, your son's gonna be that, and your daughters are gonna be like, well, that's the kind of man I want because that's what my dad is. Um, but if you have a relationship with God, man, I, you know things get better, things change. Um, your wife changes too. You know, uh, uh, but, so, you know, so if you're in that, so, you know, if you're in that situation where your wife has trust issues and you're coming to church, just keep coming because um, uh, your consistency will pay off. And yeah, the, um, the other thing, too, is so many men, I think, are living kind of like desperate lives. Mm. There's, there's a quote that says that the great mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. Mm. And I think that's, it's unfortunately true because so many men don't know the power of the gospel. Mm. Um, because what God calls is, he says to men, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Mm. So when you're in isolation, yeah. the pain you feel, you carry it on your own. Yeah. You only have your own back to right. carry it on. And so you feel like you're the only one with this problem. You're the only one who is a failure to their wife, to their children. And it's all the lies of the enemy that get 
magnified because you don't have a positive voice speaking in. So one thing that, that really helps is to find, as brothers, looking out for one another, watch what our brothers are doing and speak affirmations into them. When we see them doing something that's redemptive, when we see them loving on their kids in a shameless way, when we see them being openly affectionate with their wives, not embarrassed about it, when we see them um, reaching, helping, using their strength to help people who are weaker than them, like call that out and say, yeah, you know, dude, you did something really meaningful. That goes a long way in a man's heart. Yeah. I love that. I do think something that you said as far as like how men are, they they just get in isolation. I think that's also a part of the masculine side that can be negative mm-hmm. is the lone ranger. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this all by myself, um, and that comes in the and it comes in a, like a pride, yeah. right? Yep. And so um, you know, I think where when as far as like empowering and, and uh, empowering others and modeling leadership, it's okay to ask for directions. Like, I never, I never quite got the, like, why is it a bad thing to ask for directions, right? Like, you need to acknowledge, like, hey, I need help. Yeah. I can be directionally dumb sometimes, right? <laughs> Just ask my wife. But, but, like, it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, even just be, being able to be, like, humble, say, like, you know what? I need help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and being able to just acknowledge that, that, you know, as men, it, it's, it's, Toxic and negative when we use pride and arrogance mm-hmm. and stubbornness to hide maybe a, in, an insecurity in our life or an area of weakness that, yep. good. you know, that, we, that we're just like Adam and Eve in the garden. We're just trying to cover ourselves. Right. And that's really what it is. So as far as like empowering, it's like just being able to, to acknowledge I've done wrong. Will you forgive me? Yep. To double click on asking for help or directions, how do you practically do that? Who do you ask that direction from? That's good. Jeremy? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a, few, there's a few different practical ways to do it. I mean, anytime I'm wrestling with something and I'm trying to discern direction, uh, I get that feel on a prayer walk. Like, mm. you know, how, how, what is God revealing to me in this moment? Mm. The direction I should be taking my family, the person, who I am and who I want to become mm. and how I get there. But practically speaking, we've been talking about brotherhood as well. Um, get some people around you that can speak into your life, that know everything, 100% everything, and they've got your back. Get some people in your life, get your circle, and they know 100% what's going on with you 24-7, so they can really speak into that, and you've really given them permission yep. to do it. That's, that, was, that was like a really awesome hack that I got a few years ago from Pastor Adam. He was like, get some people around you and just give them full permission yep. on that. Obviously, be careful who your, your inner circle is, people that can speak That's into good. your life, maybe people yeah, that yeah. you aspire you know, to, to be like in some situation. And that's been, that's been a really key one for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's even really great because even recently we've been going through an entrepreneurial journey as CEO of our startups and being able to come together and in a season like, no, there's already a commonality mm-hmm. and how are we going to deal with things with the company, with our family, with church and like there are practical things that you come alongside other men in particular mm-hmm. and you're able to walk with each other and ask questions and knowing that uh, this person, we have the same common foundation of truth yeah. But we're also going to be really practical in the, the iron, sharpening iron in the conversations. It's good. 
another question for us um, actually goes back to the psalm that we're talking about. And there we see David. He is there in the cave with the 400 men who, like I said, were attracted based upon the struggle. They're discontent. But he's also just being honest with his fears and insecurities in the passage itself. Um, but we also see the examples of strength, see the examples that he's acknowledging God as protector, as his, um, his source for everything. So how do we practically uh, be honest with ourselves in terms of all of these uncertainties, all of the, the fears, while at the same time we are being strong and being strength for others and we're able to um, be mighty? What does that look like? Yeah, so I think um, it even kind of follows up with just the last conversation, but even in the midst of chaos and unknowing um, what's going on, 3,000 men coming for him at the time, and um, he's still strong in his faith. So it goes back to tying it back to our, to our faith. In there he says um, that um, he talks about being surrounded by lions and, mm -hmm. and um, with spears and arrows, that teeth that can just t rip you apart. But he says, my heart is confident in you. My heart is confident. So even in the midst of unknown and danger, you don't know what's next. Yeah. You're still praising God. And, and people around him yeah. are looking at him, seeing the confidence mm -hmm. and, and propelling towards that and just moving along with that. So yeah. um, I think in, bottom line is don't let, the fears of, um, don't let the fears get the best of you. Um, don't let it get the most of you and just push forward with faith in God in, in any, any situation. That's good. Um, me personally, it's I I I, I was this I read this the, the the you know chapter fifty seven, and what I saw mostly was that David was just steadfast in his faith, and I think that if if you continue to have faith, um, God will continue to keep His promise. Uh, like for me, I've been to situations where. Um, I've wanted to, to back, you know, my wife asked me, she said, do you ever think about going back? And I said, I don't think about going back, but I see things that I would have done if I was in the back. Mm. Like, I'd have like, yeah, I would have, I'd have got that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but not, don't not, you know, just say like, that's, you know, just weird. Uh, you know, that, that armored truck guy right there looks nice. That's, but you know, but I'm just saying though, she asked me that, but I had told her, no, I don't, I don't think about going back. I think about, where I'm at now from when I used to be back there, like wow. what my faith has done for me now, like because my faith is, you know, is different mm -hmm. and, and it's much better. So I don't, I don't think of the past, but I think about the things I did in the past. Mm. And I just, I just thank God that I'm able to, to continue to have a relationship with God. And the, the more my relationship builds and gets stronger, the, the better my faith becomes, right? And the greater my faith becomes. Yeah. And um, because of that, all the promises that, that God has for you, um, he, he gives them to you. He just, you know, so that's, that's where I'm at, you know. And to tie all this into what was said earlier about, you know, masculinity, about strength, integrity, and all that, yes, those are great traits. But for me, being a real man is um, having control. That one word is just control, meaning that if you control all negativeness, if you control your anger, whatever your addictions are, that's a, that's a man. That's a man for me. That's good. And I even love the story with David where he's fleeing from Saul, but in the cave, he actually talks about in 1 Samuel, where he actually has multiple chances to kill Saul. 
And the guys around him, the 400 plus guys that were there, they were saying, this is your chance. Like God has made this an opportunity for you to go ahead and to kill Saul. But he actually exercises control, restraint, and recognizes in that moment that Saul is still God's anointed king. And if I go ahead and kill him, I'm taking this outside of God's will, taking my own control. But instead, he cuts the hem of Saul's garment and later is able to show, I had a moment to kill you, but I did not. My intent is not to harm you, Saul, but to actually honor you. And it's in that moment that it changes the whole situation. So that self-control is so key as men to be able to exercise that. That's true masculinity versus the example of toxic masculinity that is out of control and wild. But that's what we, who we are called to be as men. You know, one last thing that, that I was reminded of too when Austin was talking was that for men, your purpose has to be greater than your fear. Because if you don't have a purpose that takes you beyond that, I mean, David mentions in Psalm 57, he said there's lions all around you. But what did David did when he was, before he was king? He was killing lions and bears. He'd done it before. He was just in a place where he was feeling insecure. Mm -hmm. The enemy was coming at him on every side. So I know in my life, you know, the enemy's not creative. He hits you in the same place he did before. So if my purpose does not overcome my fear, I'm going to fail. So I need to be vulnerable enough to tell that to God and tell my wife and say, look, I'm struggling here. She comes alongside me. We, we, we kick it in the butt and we send it away because I don't have time to waste. So that's what, if you look at 1 Samuel and then Psalm 57, David already had the victory. He knew he was going to become the king. He just had to get the men around him and, and remember who God was in his life and who God will be again. So we need to get that purpose and how to overtake our fear every time. So I have another question before we close out. And it's really practical for us because there are many times that we have made mistakes where we haven't actually modeled masculinity well. And it feels like the relationship is lost, the time is lost, but how does God redeem that in our life? Is it possible to redeem those mistakes, those chances, that the times that you actually have done a toxic masculinity in your own life? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's what the gift of repentance is about, yeah. right? And it is a gift because God doesn't say, you get your chance, you blew it. I'm sorry, I can't deal with you anymore. He says, I give you the gift. So that's something we get to take to our wives, to our children. When we behave in a way that's less than the standard that we're talking about, we need to exercise that repentance to them quickly too, keeping short accounts. Um, making sure that we're 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 keeping in, uh, keeping the relationship on a on a plane that is going to be God honoring and it's going to uphold them as well. So that that's gift of repentance is completely for us. I love that. I love that. And I feel like Austin, there's still something else you need to probably share here. And this even with your story, where you have had a obviously a time before you were fully committed to Christ and the time that your kids, your family knew you as and the, the guys you ran with knew you as to now and that complete change. What was the factors that changed for you? The factors. So for me, it's, uh, you know, having a relationship with God and, uh, and honestly, the only way you will get things right is if you have a relationship with God. Uh, you, it's, it's not going to work. It won't happen um, unless you have that. And uh, for me, 
a lot of things have changed for me as far as that. The transformation was that I'm able to apologize to my kid, you know, like, like Caleb, you know, we play baseball and he'll do something, throw a ball or not catch it. And I'd be like, you got my DNA. How do you do that? Right. And, and you know, all these other words will come out that, you know, that's not, that's not cool and it's not good, but but I can turn around and, and I can tell him, and I said, hey, come let me talk to you. And I can say, man, I apologize. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, uh, so, and that, and that goes with everything. And, and, and I, and the craziest thing is that at work, I, 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 I preach God to men. Like, I don't, I don't preach, but when we talk, I don't know, some, some reason God comes out. You know what I mean? And my biggest thing now is that I'm like David now. He was, uh, you know, he wasn't a great dad, but he was a great worshiper. Mm. And um, that's me. Like, in my car, when I go to work, like, I was a guy, my wife would tell you, I, I used to look at people raising their hands like, y'all are weird. <laughs> uh, but now I'm up here in my car and I'm going crazy with the worship and, yeah. you know what I mean? So that, that's, that's the transformation. Right? Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't want to miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org, to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.